0: We're back in John, chapter 15, looking at verses 1 through 8. What does it mean to abide in Christ? We'll explore that question next, here on Truth For Today. We don't use that word very often anymore, do we? The word abide? What does that actually mean, to abide? And uniquely and specifically, what does it mean to abide in Christ? That's the question we are exploring on today's broadcast of Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher, Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard. Please join us today. We are in John 15, verses 1 through 8. What does it mean to abide in Christ? Well, let's explore that question together, shall we? Here's Pastor Phil.
1: Turn, if you will, to John 15 as we return to the long-forgotten book of John. Took a break, and now we're getting back. Let me read it to you, the first eight verses. I am the true vine. Who's speaking? Okay. I know that because it's red letter. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, I believe the prayer and primary, the prayer And probably the fruit bearing, but this prayer. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. I want to try to explain what in the world is Jesus talking about in this metaphor. It's really, he's taking one thing, a vine and likening it to some great spiritual truths that he wants to teach. Uh, it looked so wonderful on the surface, uh, so easy, and it may be for you, but uh, I've wrestled with this passage for years. I think I've held every view you can hold on it. Uh, I held the view that uh, you could be in the vine and cut off. I started off there. As a good old Pentecostal boy, that's what I, I would have believed. Uh, then I came to see it as the higher spiritual life view, uh, the J. Hudson Taylor view, the Dallas view, that uh, you're really talking about two kinds of Christians here, uh, the, the unfruitful Christian and then what we'd call the spirit-filled higher life Christian. And then there's a view that says those abiding, all Christians are the ones who are abiding. There's a view that says this may even be used of those who associate it with Christ, such as Judas, that nobody suspected, did not know God, and uh, were eventually cut off. Should it be used loosely, associated with, but never in life union with Christ? Or is it uh, two kinds of Christians? One that's fruitful, one that's barren, one headed to be burned, uh, another to be blessed. So you you wrestle uh, what view? Uh, is the abiding life just the life of a few Christians? And the rest are not abiding, thus not fruitful, thus barren. So you'd say... Uh, There are many Christians who are barren and headed for burning. One way or the other. Now, those who say, uh, it's just all Christians would say the burning would be the judgment seat of Christ. But John didn't even know the judgment seat of Christ yet. That's future. That's not even in the Gospels. All burning in the Gospels is judgmental. So what? Is he talking about what kind of people are we talking about? Well, we want to try to unpack that and look at it. Uh, It seems, from what I understand now, and I've read all the views, and I like them. I just got to take one. Uh, I think the abiding life is here the life of a believer that it's talking about those who are truly in union with Christ who should keep this union up to date by communing with the one they're in union with. Communion in union. Uh, So then, uh, when you have that, you have this problem. Can someone be in union with Christ who is threatened to be cut off from Christ? Verse 2, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. He removes. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. So number one, can you be taken out of the vine as a believer? One, verse six, if you're not in an abiding relationship, you're a candidate For the burning, as you burn up the branches. So, do we have believers that are true believers who are barren, but headed for judgment, or even to have their works burn up? Is that what he's talking about? Well, uh, do I tell you where I am? Why, sure I do. But let's suspend. Let's just hold it a little bit. Uh, Look at the comparisons, May. They give, give you a little chart. And uh, I gave you some notes right there, uh, Rod. And tonight, I want you to spit it back before the people and land on the right view. Uh, is that, uh, let's look at the comparisons that he's using the vine branch illustration to, to teach us. Number one, I am the vine, Christ. Now, why would he say that? Why would he say, I am the true vine? Because in Isaiah 5, Psalms 80, Israel was called God's vine that bore wild grapes. And he said in Isaiah 5, because I expected good grapes and you bore wild grapes, I'm going to come in judgment on you. I'm going to devastate you, Israel. I'm going to replace you. And God's replacement for Israel, who was to bring God's life, God's presence to the nations, he's replaced Israel with Christ. Christ is now the one through whom the Father is displaying his grace and power to the nations. So I am the true vine, not like Israel. I'm the true one. I will do what the Father designed me to do. Two, God the Father is the vine dresser or the gardener that takes care of the vineyard. And so, everyone who belongs and united to Christ comes under the divine gardening of God. And this divine gardener does several things in the passage. One, he removes dead branches. For whatever reason, he removes them. He cuts them off. Verse 2. Verse 6, he burns up what's cut off. He... You were some way connected with the son, but you never did bear his fruit. You never did give manifestation of his life. I'm going to cut you off, and I'm going to burn you up. That's what the, that's what the illustration is saying. So the father is in the pruning business, and he even prunes authentic branches tied to Christ, and he moves into our lives. And has anyone ever done any pruning on a tree? David knows I have. He had a great tree that I pruned and killed, (laughs) never forgiven me. Um, Pruning seems like a brutal exercise, and it seems like you're killing the tree. Well, I have, because I didn't know what I was doing. I took too much. Thank God it wasn't a fruit tree. I thought that tree needed to go anyway. But anyway, uh, fruit trees. I want people that know what they're doing to prune. You know, you're only supposed to go about a third of that branch, right? You've got to know how far to go. It's not just decorating. It's doing it for production, cutting back for production. The Father is involved in the life of the believer who's joined to Christ, And he will clip off things in our life. And a lot of things you wanted to keep, he had to prune in order to make you fruitful. Sometimes it's painful. Uh, Those connected to Jesus, the branches. Well, there was in the narrative in the upper room, there was 12 men connected with Jesus. Jesus. One was Judas that nobody ever suspected of being the son of the devil. Never expected him. Uh, You know what? Who would you have thought uh, would have been uh, the instrument of the devil? who, Who blew it the most up to the upper room? Come on. Nobody guessed Judas. He went out. He cast out demons. He went out with the 70. He counted the money. He stole from it every once in a while in John 12, but he took care of the money bag. Nobody in that room, including Peter, they leaned over to Jesus, tell us who it is. They don't know up to that point. He's not in the least bit suspected. It's like in this church. We're not sure of who all saved. Uh, I just heard a a lecture MacArthur was giving why he wrote all of his books the last 20 years, taking on unregenerate church people, that uh, they're associated with the church, they're associating with Christ, they're running around, but you can't see a changed life. They know all the talk, they can pass our doctrinal exams, they know the hymns, they know all the church talk. They know the pastor. They just don't know Christ. Is that possible that you could be here associating with the church, but you've never been united with Christ? All over America, this is true. And we keep just pampering people, keep pampering, pampering. Don't ever tell them you might not be a Christian. How dare you say that to me? I'm an American. That's your problem. You're an American. You're not a Christian. They're not synonymous. You know, to be in Mexico is to be Catholic. Just automatically, you've got to be Catholic. No, 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 no. I'm a born-again believer in Mexico. There's a difference. Well, let's keep on. I love the amens and quietude here. (laughs) Eleven disciples were genuine believers. He said they were already clean. They had already been cleansed before God. And they were the fruitful branches. Judas would certainly be fruitless. Non-living connection. And the other 11 had a living, a living connection, obviously. Are they going to fail? Do they fail? Oh, plenty. You can be united to the vine and still mess up a lot. Need to be restored. But, but permanently cut off? Not so. Jesus' words. I think the words of Christ are the pruning knife of the Father. The Word of God is what reproves us, corrects us. is sharper than a two-edged sword. God uses His Word to chisel on us. Clip, clip. He, he cleans up your mouth. He cut all that language out. Cleans up your mind. Cleans up your walk. Cleans up this. Pretty soon you say, Lord, if you don't lay off, there's not going to be anything left. He said, Well, that's what it's kind of headed for. Matter of fact, I'm going to replace this with something glorified. Because I'm, I'm just clipping on my people. You, you really know you belong to God because He's clipping on you all the time. You just say, Wow, I'm just healing up from that last uh, pruning. Yeah, yeah, I see some more junk growing back in your mind and in your mouth. I'm going to clip. I didn't sign up for this, I signed up for heaven. Too bad. I'm going to change your character. I don't want to change. I just want to sneak in the back door of heaven. I'm going to change you because I'm your father. You represent me, you little rascal. Get in here. (laughs) So, well, I've never been disciplined by the Lord. Well, because you don't know him. Only illegitimate children have never been disciplined. All the family, that's why siblings in a family all talk about the spankings. And it's always the undeserved ones. <laughs> my girls get together and say, you remember when dad did that? You think I had a daily beating going on at my house. <laughs> They're spoiled rotten. Uh, sorry, girls, I meant it. Uh, what, what believers produce fruit? Product of living connection. How do believers produce it? By remaining connected, remaining connected with Christ. He is the source of all the fruit. His life going through my life is the fruit. That's called abiding. It's an amazing thing. He commands something that, must, that you could never perform. I never could get myself in Christ. Abiding, by the way, for you theologues, is not the same as Paul's use of in Christ. We're not even into in Christ language yet. This is an illustration. This is a vine, branches. Now, what is he saying? I am the true vine. Unless you are connected to me in a life relationship, you're going to be barren, you're going to be burned. It's only those in union with me, and by constant abiding. It's the continuation language of Scripture. Something we don't talk in our circles is that true believers persevere. Because, oh, you Southern Baptists grew up with, I got eternally secure, that's it. What's perseverance? Perseverance in the New Testament is, if you continue, we know that you belong to him. I don't like that language. It like works. Well, you weren't saved. All believers continue. Now, God prunes some, and he kills them. Sometimes he cuts at the throat. He can shorten your life, like he did the brother in 1 Corinthians 5. Maybe Ananias and Sapphira, you served your term. <laughs> clips, you won't lie again to the Holy Spirit. He can take life anytime he wants, but abide, remain in constant contact with your source of life. Don't let sin, don't let strain. You see, for you and I, getting to heaven, we've already got it made if we're really a born-again believer. Is that true? You know what my problem is? I've got to go through a thousand temptations before I get there. And I can wind up stealing money that doesn't belong to me, sleeping with someone I shouldn't be sleeping with, and getting bitter and fighting this temptation. that. I haven't landed yet, and the Father's still working on me. Pruning, delivering, stay in touch, stay in touch. I put you in touch. Stay in constant communion, reliance. Stay connected in your heart to the vine. There is the source. Here, I'll form it, and I'll get you in me. But you, I want to maintain it. It's called the perseverance of the saints. Right. Who do I know who saved? Those who persevere. Hey, they might have been saved. You don't know that guy was saved. Maybe I don't. But you don't know that he was How did he go out? Well, he was loaded, uh, shot two guys, and uh, just made a a Coke uh, buy. Well, he might not be saved. Oh, no, no. When he was seven years old, he raised his hand in junior church. He must be. In other words, being connected to the vine doesn't change your life. And we bought that in American Christianity. You don't have to change. And you'll feel comfortable. Application. Jesus Christ is the true vine or source of life. He that hath the Son hath the life. And so if he is the source of life, um, the big issue will, does that life ever get through us? Does it ever show up? Two, people who have been connected with Christ without his life will be cut off. You can run around with us. You can be associated. I've had people in this church that were deacons. Uh, They were Sunday school teachers that I'm not sure they're in heaven. I'm absolutely not sure. Uh, they, They threw the life to the wind. Their profession was authentic, but their end was drastic. Maybe they're saved. I hope they are. Um, Can you be in contact with Christ like Judas and ultimately be lost? Can you be in contact with the church like Demas and ultimately be lost? Can you be in the church at Laodicea and ultimately be spit out? Yes. Can you be at the church of Ephesus and ultimately abandon your first love? Yes. How can that happen? They quit abiding, they quit communing, they, they quit following. Look at, uh, look back at John 6. To show you, when Christ is giving this teaching, they experience things like this. In John 6, he fed the 5,000. He teaches on uh, the bread from heaven. And uh, this is pretty heavy teaching for these men to take in. But then in John 6, verse 60, when many of his disciples heard it, They said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Verse 66. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Judas, you walked with me up to within 24 hours of my crucifixion, and you're a devil. And none of the other men know it can we be fooled? You've been in association with me, but you've never been in an abiding relationship. You've never derived your life from me.
0: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you, to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time together today, if this broadcast and this ministry encourages you in your walk with Christ, and you happen to be looking for a church that does just that we would invite you to contact valleybible.org. Pastor Phil is Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. And while he is no longer in the pulpit, we are still very much a part of this church body. And we would invite you to come and join us for worship. For more information, again, valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.